0: Well, welcome back to the Ministry Leader Podcast. It is the month of February, February. and if you're listening to this now in real time, I, Brian, am taking some time off, and so we're obviously pre-recording these intros here, but we wanted to, we shared, if you listened to our last episode, we talked about re-releasing some of our favorite and some of our best of episodes, and so today we have the first one for you. Yeah, and so we're going to be talking about programming in a
1: post-COVID era, which was one of the first podcasts that, as
0: things kind of opened back up here in Indiana, I think the
1: the episodes that were recorded.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was, we released this originally on May 18th of 2020, so... Reggie, as you and I were talking about this, you kind of highlighted, wow, that was like right as things were opening up. Yeah,
1: exactly, (laughs) exactly. So we were like super eager and super hoping that like COVID would be gone very soon because
0: cases started going down and things started opening up where we were and all this kind of stuff. And so. Yeah. So we even titled it the place of programs in post COVID youth ministry, which is (laughs) incredible to think about because yeah. now we're in January or February of 2022, yes. looking back and going, oh yeah, we're still in the midst of all of this. So, Absolutely. and we're digging so far back into the archives, Reggie, this was actually before you were part of the podcast yeah. at the time. So yeah. Chase Wagner, uh, was the, it will be the other voice that you hear on this one. And, um, so we just talked about on that episode, the value of programs, the value we've placed on programs in our ministries, and. Yeah. Programs have not gone away. Uh, We're not post-COVID yet. We're further into it, but programs still have not gone away, and we're not suggesting they do go away. Yeah. Right? We're suggesting we figure out where the place of those programs really are.
1: Yeah, and making sure that you take the necessary pivots for your ministry to continue to thrive, for you to continue to meet the needs of the kids that you're serving and loving them really well.
0: Yeah. So on that note, we're going to jump back in time to May 18th of 2020 with episode 83, Pondering the Place of Programs in Post-COVID Youth Ministry. Get up,
1: get up. So we're kind of back to a, uh, a new normal, I guess you could say, here for the podcast. A little bit, yeah. We're actually sitting across from each other, yeah. um, recording with with podcast mics, and we have headphones on. So yeah. it's starting to feel a little bit more like normal. A little bit. We are crammed in a really See, we're, small we're room. We're Brian's house still <laughs> in his in his office, but we're at least across from each other. So that's that's fun. Um, but yeah, Brian, we've been talking on this podcast about the new normal and how things are going to look different. And I was really kind of challenged by this. Even after our last podcast we recorded, I just felt Lord, the Lord was working on my heart still. Mm-hmm. Um, So he brought me to a couple of passages, uh, and I'll I'll share those with you. We'll kind of explain a little bit. So in Luke 5, uh, verses 10 and 11, we see where Jesus first called Simon Peter. Starting in verse 10, it says, Jesus replied to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. And that passage uh, really kind of contrasts with what we see later in Luke. Uh, This is in Luke 9, verse 57. It says, As they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, Foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. A little bit further down, uh, verse 61, another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me go say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied to him, anyone who puts his head to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And what I was really challenged with this is that when Jesus called his first disciples, immediately they dropped what they were doing and they followed him. And later on, there were a lot of people who thought they wanted to follow Jesus, but they weren't really willing to do what Jesus asked. They wanted to kind of get their affairs around and say goodbye. And, and Jesus is basically saying, when I say it's time to go, we need to go. Yeah.
0: We're kind of doing it on their
1: terms. Yes, they want yes to do Jesus, it on their I'll terms. follow you, but I want to make sure I get stuff done first. And so yeah. Jesus is saying, if I call you, you need to go now. Um, so so as I, I read through those scriptures, I was actually playing video games with a couple of my friends. <laughs> and uh, so the, the new video game style out now is Battle Royale. So um, Fortnite kind of made it the most popular. There was lots of other games that, that um, were out before then. But the idea of Fortnite is you drop uh, 100 people on a map and then they duke it out and the last person standing wins. Um, so since then, Call of Duty has come out with their version called Warzone uh, that I actually think is much better than Fortnite. That's another topic for another day. So as I'm playing... Um, we are
0: looking for sponsors, so... Yes,
1: yes, Call of Duty. Please call us on back to Thank you. Uh, but anyways, the idea is that if you drop 100 people, 150 people on a map, um, literally the game could last forever if nobody finds mm-hmm. anybody. So what the developers have done is they've made what they call what's called the circle and Fortnite. It's called the storm uh and call of duty it's called um the gas the gas is moving in and so it's basically this circle that closes in on the map and it forces all the players to run together forces them together mm-hmm. um And as I was kind of challenged with this, is that um, as I was sulking, as I was um, kind of being grouchy, uh, you know, (laughs) we mentioned that in the last one, that one of the reasons I was upset is that things were not the way I wanted them to be. As we were talking about moving forward and things looking different, that's not how I wanted them to Mm -hmm. do. And God was basically challenging me, saying, is this your ministry or is this my ministry? And currently I'm calling you to move into somewhere new and I was not happy about it. And then so as I thought of this circle, as I thought of the gas or the storm, that if you stay outside of the circle too long, your character will die. Like they've built that end that you'll, you'll die. And I was just challenged that the same I think is true sometimes when God's calling us forward. If we stay where we are, if we stay where things are comfortable, if we um, don't move forward, we're not going to survive. And, and moving into the circle, moving out of the gas into the circle, uh, there's uncertainty. You know, we don't Know what lies ahead, and there's adversity Mm -hmm. as well. But into that circle is the only way to win the game. It's the only way to have victory.
0: Yeah, that's good. Um, Chase, I'm reminded just hearing you talk, and I know we've talked through this before, but just hearing you talk here, like, reminded of so many times in scripture when the kingdom of God expanded or um, God's will was made known to the masses, was through adversity, through times when people were called to do something that they didn't necessarily want to do, so the exodus they wanted to get out of Egypt, mm. but once they got out there and it was a little uncomfortable they wanted to go back mm-hmm. right um, later on in, in when Babylon moves in and they disperse the Jews and they like ship them out all over the place like nobody wanted that to happen, but through that they carried the word of God every place that they went. And so the word of God continued to spread. And I, I feel like this has kind of been a time for us where not that we're being dispersed, we're actually being like forced to stay in our own homes the for a long time. Yes. Yeah. But maybe God's trying to do something through this that, um, there are new methods, there's new ways of ministry, there's new things that he wants to bring about through this. Um, and so for us to even hold on to the past as tightly as we sometimes want to yeah. might be a bit of a, a sinful desire even. Mm-hmm. And I hate mm-hmm. to even say that, but, right. um, but we see that in scripture uh, and maybe God's calling us to something new. So I love that challenge when you shared that with our staff the other day it was just a good challenge to, to consider what am I holding on to and what do I need to mm-hmm. push forward to? And, and,
1: and what are the costs of, of holding on to those? What are the costs of staying where I am? Right. Is, is ministry that the world is moving forward and we have to move forward in order to, to A, be in the will of God, but B, be successful yeah. in what we're doing.
0: Yeah. And there's costs to both sides, right? There's risks staying where you're at yes. and there's risks moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, what, what's, what risk is worth taking, and I'd, I would suggest moving in the direction that God's <laughs> calling us is probably the risk worth taking. Today, we want to talk about programming and the, the place of programs in post-COVID-19 youth ministry. Uh, and we kind of highlighted programs for a number of reasons, but it's one of those things that we're a little uncertain right now, on if that's one of those things we have to leave behind Mm -hmm. or it's just going to look different as we move forward we're not sure so we just want to highlight that a little bit for a number of reasons um but let's talk chase first about the value of programs so we're not suggesting that let's toss programs out the window they were never any good for anything anyway whatever like programs have served us well and they've been highly valuable let's talk about that for a minute
1: yeah, so, I mean, and we've even talked about how to make programming great and things like that. So, um, again, we, we love programming, um, but yeah. maybe it's going to look different moving forward. So, one value of programming, it's it's definitely a, a regular connecting point with groups. Whether, so, whether they're small groups, large groups… Um, for students and adults. It's an easy place to kind of gather them together to mm-hmm. connect your leaders with students, for yourself to connect with students, that sort of thing. So it's it's kind of in a way, just an easy way to connect people.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think one of the other things we've learned about the value of programming through this is they serve as kind of a front door for our ministry. And I know that's a term youth ministries are probably very familiar with is what's the front door of your ministry? Like, I don't know, at least people my age have always talked about Mm -hmm. that. And programs are really good for that. Like it's a way, it's an easy way for a student who's unfamiliar with any of your leaders, anything having to do with your church or your ministry, for them to just step inside and take a peek around, right? Programming Mm -hmm. gives them that option. And even for leaders too. So for leaders who don't know any students on that high school campus that you're trying to engage with, come to this program. This is a front front door for you to step in and learn some names, get to know some students. And uh, so they served us well in that way too. And I think the biggest one is, I'll let you share. Yeah.
1: Programs are fun. I yeah. mean, <laughs> the playing the games, doing the things. Um, for me as an extrovert, I love the masses of people that gives me energy. So programs can also, uh, they can just be fun, which, which makes ministry fun.
0: Yeah. Which again, makes them a great front door. Mm -hmm. to our ministry. Like someone wants to get to know what's happening. Let's have fun. That's how we get to know each other. Right. Mm -hmm. So programs have served us well, uh, and may still serve us well, but we're learning that there's been some limitations to the programming that we've offered in the past. So let's talk about those for just a minute or two.
1: Yeah. One thing is that, uh, again, programming makes it easy to plug volunteers into, but then it also is kind of difficult to move past. Um, if, if programming has become the only place that your leaders, your volunteers, the people you serve with plug into, that becomes kind of what the ministry is about. Um, it mm-hmm. becomes, this is what I do for the ministry. I don't do much outside of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of the, the magnet where everybody comes and then if it's not happening there, then there's nothing else to do, or it's harder to maybe Mm -hmm. take that next step into other things. Um, We've also learned, we've talked about this before, that programs kind of become the face of your ministry. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, If for us, we serve within Youth for Christ and Campus Life specifically, and if you were to ask someone around here, what's Campus Life all about? They would probably say, hey, that's that Monday night club that meets. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we would say that's part of it. There's so much more to it. But club, that program is the biggest group of people that gather in the community around youth for Christ or campus Mm -hmm. life. And Mm -hmm. so that's what they see it as. And it becomes the face and the only thing that they identify the ministry with. Um, and I think for leaders too, even for me, that's, it's kind of easy to fall into that trap. Like this is what everybody sees. So I'm going to put all my eggs in this basket Mm -hmm. and make Mm -hmm. it really good. Mm -hmm. Um, and you just, you realize that, you know, there's not a whole lot of other ministry happening around that.
1: Yeah, the other idea is that um, the, the program becomes the idea of that's where the ministry happens, that the ministry itself happens at the club or at the Sunday night youth mm-hmm. group. Um, and so if uh, all your focus is on the programming, it, it's hard to explain or it's hard to move past that ministry goes beyond those programs.
0: Yeah, I think the way I think about that is similar to the church. Like we, we are the church as believers in Jesus we are the church scripture is clear but i'd say we all believe that but our system is set up to where we go to church mm-hmm. we we don't understand fully what it means to be the church unless we're in that building and i think programming in many ways kind of becomes that like this is our ministry when we are here outside of this, it's a little hard to pin down what it is, what our ministry looks like.
1: Yeah. So more the idea of that church is not a place we go, right? It's a thing we do. So, yeah. so campus life isn't a place we go. It's how we live life or your youth group. Um, it becomes like you said, kind of the focal point and it can be um, a little bit confusing.
0: Yeah. So again, that's not necessarily bad. It's just a limitation that we've learned. Like maybe we've depended so much on that, which is what we want to talk about next, right? Is our dependence on programs. And I'll just, I'll say like programs have worked. Mm-hmm. They've been good. We're not devaluing programs at all. There's a reason that we leverage the programs that we have because they work. They serve for all the reasons as a connecting point, as a front door, as a, a face of the ministry, they've worked and they've served us well. But I think that's the point served past tense.
1: Yeah. Um, Like you said, there was kind of a big movement when Download Youth Ministry came out, just doing programming really well, that sort of thing. So that kind of became the focus. And I think, like you said, I became very aware of that, um, the, the dependence on programming when all of a sudden we can't do programming anymore.
0: Yeah. When it was, the rug was pulled out from under us and we realized how much time we spent doing programming and maybe not, and we've done relationships well. Yes. But- They've all centered around programming's more than we've recognized until right now. So Chase, we've talked about a number of things. What we've learned about programming in this COVID world that we've been living in, and the things that we've depended on. Let's talk about maybe how that could change moving forward. This knowledge that we've picked up on the value and our dependence, and even the limitations of programming. How could that potentially change ministry in a post-COVID world when we do start? gathering again, even in smaller groups, even as groups grow potentially, what does that look like?
1: Yeah, I think uh, for me, as I was challenged in all of this, as um, I've, I've believed that empowering leaders was important. I believed that empowering <laughs> students was important. And in a way I felt like we were doing that. Okay. But yeah. when it comes down to now, all of a sudden my capacity to reach students is very limited. Um, the focus has to be on students and leaders leveraging the relationships they already have. So kind of a re-emphasis of the ministry on, on being present with the people they're connected to versus convincing them to come to an event.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, I, I think too, like we've talked about programming being a front door. Maybe we need to search for a new front door. Mm. Maybe it means ramping up our online presence. Mm-hmm. And I know we've talked about this multiple times yeah, on the times podcast already. before, uh-huh. like um, some people are all about it. They they dove in 10 years ago to start exploring what does online ministry look like? And most of us have been like, that's a little iffy. Mm-hmm. There's too much danger out there of engaging in ways that are not appropriate or healthy mm-hmm. or whatever. And so we have stayed away from it, but maybe as we ramp up our online presence and we talk about, especially in youth for Christ going where students are, we've talked about that also multiple times, mm-hmm. like they're online. Why are we not looking for ways to engage there safely? Like, Mm -hmm. let's acknowledge the fact that there's some, there's some question out there, some, um, -hmm. concerns. Like one of our staff members shared the other day, like I wasn't invited into that online space. Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would go, were you invited to the football game Friday night or did you just Mm -hmm. show up? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it feels awkward. Because this is—they're native to this world, yes—and we're trying to. We like, are guests. Yes, we world. are guests, and we <laughs> got to figure out the language and how it works. And and what is TikTok? What, I'm still figuring that one out. <laughs> how do I post? What's an Instagram story? Like I read a story. What is what does that mean? I don't get it. Um, but then also like acknowledging the fact that it. It can truly be a dangerous place, but maybe there's new ways that we can figure out and develop to engage in healthy and safe ways. And I'm not saying we have the answers. I'm just saying there's stuff that's probably not been developed yet that we've never had to think about Mm. that this is going to spark some creativity for some of us to to go, what can we make happen, right? Mm. So maybe engaging online is another way to do that.
1: Yeah. And, I, and one, one example I just kind of want to to share, shout out to the Jake Johnson. Um, so Jake uh, was a campus life director at Columbia City High School. And his uh, school year, at the very beginning of the school year, said your school is now closed. You are not allowed in during the the school year. So he uh, launched into social media pretty actively, um, pretty heavy throughout the year. And in. It forced him to be creative and um, how he uses his social media. And so that when the pandemic hit and he was no longer able to have his programming as normal, he was already really well set up because students were used to his social media being there and engaging online and on relationships using th- those platforms from the beginning. And so uh, just kind of the challenge that uh, what's the new front door and how am I setting myself up well for the future?
0: Yeah, and I, th- I think... So you mentioned Jake. Jake's also actually not just doing it himself. He's actually teaching students how to do this and to share what they're learning in creative ways on social media. So kind of bringing the two together of online social media presence and what you were just talking about of empowering leaders and empowering students to engage and leverage the relationships they already have. So well done, Jake. So to wrap up the podcast today, we kind of
1: just want to leave you with a few thoughts. And the um, idea of this podcast came from
0: another podcast, Brian, that you had listened to. Yeah. Um, I believe it was called Is... Is it's Pro- Youth Culture Matters, but uh-huh. it was the, the title of it was Is youth ministry programming dead or something along those lines. We'll link to it. Yeah, so check out notes.
1: the show notes. You can listen to there. I think the first 30 minutes of that podcast were kind of a discussion on this topic. Yeah. And and again, we don't necessarily think that, that programming is dead, but referencing to um, the scripture we shared earlier, as God is calling us forward, as God is calling mm-hmm. us to push into the new circle and staying outside of that circle is where we won't survive. Uh, we want to leave you with two questions. Uh, the first question is, what role has programming played in the past? in your ministry? And then the second question is, how might God be trying to move you forward into a new circle in this area?
0: We hope you enjoyed this best of episode of the Ministry Leader Podcast. Next week, we've got another one for you. And then in March, we return with fresh new content.